So who wants to hear about my day? Because I know if I were you, I'd want to hear about it. It's just me here. Come on. Right. It's right. just me. All you right. want to hear about it? What happened? So I'm Bob the Builder today in the past uh, few weeks. And you might ask, why is that? What are you bobbing up? What are you building up? <laughs> what are you bobbing up? Tell us. Guess who moved out? Oh, oh, I won't oh. tell you who. I don't know who. But someone moved out. <laughs> Stay tuned until the end of the episode to find out who. <laughs> Stay tuned to find out who. But yeah. I'm just saying that I've been building some stuff. Right. And no one told me right. that it is quite hard to build some stuff. This man, it's I literally not. told him. I told him because I bought the same shelf as him. So I asked him, how long did it take you to build it? He said, oh, you know, like 20 minutes. Yeah, because it, it took me 20 minutes. Yeah. Tell me how an hour and a half passed by and I was not beyond the first rung of the shelf. The first what? The rung. The first, like, rung. What the hell is a rung? <laughs> Tell me what like, a rung is. Like, ladder rung, but it's like a shelf rung. <laughs> You're making but I literally down. called him. I called him because I was building it. And I was like, bro, like, where's the other hole to this end of the hole? Because I was put, supposed to put the screw through. Here's and the he's thing. like, there is no other hole. When, when I was about a, to bring when, out like a, it's a like, like, I was about to bring out a drill, thinking I had to make my own holes in this. You had the instructions, like how I did was you following not know the instructions. Right. All right. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, the final thing that I have to say is that someone moved out. I'm not gonna tell you who. Maybe you'll find out next next week. Keep, maybe keep maybe not. Keep, <laughs> keep thinking. Keep thinking. Send find us out some. The end. Send us some comments if you think you know who it is. Right, right. Welcome back to Difficultish, a podcast about different South Asian narratives. I am Mahua. And I am Mashnun. And today we're really excited because we have some advice to give. And we are in no way experts at all, but we just love talking and we just love spitting our wisdom. And yeah, we have a lot of responses that we want to get through today. Yeah, again. We're not experts on anything. Like whenever anybody asks me about um, advice or to help them out in something, I I either go one of two ways. I either say the most simplistic <laughs> thing, or I just have to tell like a ten minute story that resolves back to the like the simplistic thing that I was going right. to say. Right. So if somebody's like, "I'm sad," I'll be like, "Don't be sad." Or if I have some more time on my hands, I'll go into a really, really in-depth story of how I went through this and and not being sad made things better. And then it just goes back to me just telling the person not to be sad. So just to rephrase, I don't know anything. You know why we compliment each other so well? It's because Mishnoon has a really good way of dragging out stories, but actually having a really valid point. Whereas I'm very concise and I kind of, you know, get to the point of what I'm trying to say. Mm. But, you know, we compliment each other in that way. So you get both peas in the pod in this. You got to you got to build the story up, right? Like there's no right. point in, in saying something valuable if if people are not going to think it's valuable or if right. people are not fully in tune. That's why you got to tell all the details, you know? Right. So let me bring out the first response that we got. And I'm going to throw in some serious ones. I'm going to throw in some lighthearted ones. Actually, no, most of them are serious, but I'll throw them in. Regardless. If you guys aren't already following us on Instagram, it's difficultish on Instagram. We Just usually don't plug it this early on. Instagram. But... The advice session comes from responses 
by our followers and our listeners through our Instagram. So therefore, if you're listening, don't follow us on Instagram. What to do? (laughs) So someone asked us how to overcome parents who don't believe in mental health, and they also said they love our podcast. Thank you. We love you. Well, this kind of thing isn't. I feel like this question is more like up your alley. Like this isn't really in my realm. Um, You know, growing up, I, you know, I I had to go through a lot growing up. But, you know, something that I always told myself that, you know, you and I have kind of butted heads on is like, you know, I when when somebody brings up the word depression, I hold the word depression with like a lot of weight. Right. And I I never said that, like, I was depressed, even though to somebody else, they would have they would have said that I was, you know, like you you even said that it looked like I was when I was back at home when I was going through a lot of stuff. But I never labeled it as that because I labeled depression as like something so serious and something, you know, so heavy that I don't feel like I went through. So all in all, like my perspective on mental health is obviously like, I think it's very important. And I think it's something that should be taken a lot more seriously. But I think you have a much better understanding of what it's like to go through that with you know, a family that doesn't necessarily believe in it. And, you know, not to say like, that's kind of what it was at my home too. But all in all, um, I never showcased that my mental health was poor because I was, I always just tried to stay really resilient. And I don't think I ever had that conversation of how important mental health is with my family. So I think, I think you probably have better insight on this. Honestly, like, we want to get so much more into mental health in future episodes. I know it's such a big, important topic that we have yet to talk about more in depth. But I know in high school, I had a lot of sadness. I don't want to say depression. I'm sure back then I thought it was depression. But I know now there's just various forms of depression where it's more serious. I think back then in high school, I just didn't really understand what it was. So I thought I had that. But I know I just felt a a lot of sadness and I wasn't the happiest. Um, And I remember my mom specifically not taking it serious. And because of that, I felt like I had to be more reckless to kind of get her attention in, in some sort of way, even if it's negative or positive. You know, a lot of people, when they go through emotions like this, they kind of, um, lash out or act out because they want to get some sort of reaction from someone else, you know? And over the past few years, I've gone through ups and downs with my mental health, and it really was not even acknowledged or talked about in my house. I think it was kind of like an unspoken taboo thing, and um, I think eventually my parents, they also don't know how to really put words to it, you know? Like, they've never learned about that in their country. They don't know what anxiety is. They don't know what depression is, because... In their country, like, the traditional view is that only physical illness is, that's what illness is, right? That's the only thing that matters. But something going on in your head is something made up or it's not real or um, it's not important. So that's that's their thought process. And it's understandable considering that's what they grew up around. So in the Americas, they didn't really have the the word or the definition for these things and even if they were feeling it which they definitely were you know coming to a new country they definitely had 
experiences like that or going through abusive relationships or whatever it is you know our parents have dealt with all of that they just didn't know that there was a word to it you know they didn't know how to seek um, therapy for it they didn't know how to seek um, help for it and I think my mom specifically started realizing what it was when she realized that some of the things that she went through actually has like meaning behind it so I I remember like not actually just out outright talking to her about depression or mental health but I know that I asked her oh you know like in this relationship with uh your family member in this relationship with my dad even like how did you feel or like what do you think that is and I think those critical questions like that made her kind of like think about what she was feeling and what that actually was. And then I think now she has more of a like definition towards it. And I think to your answer to, to like what the response was saying, the easiest way, not the easiest, obviously, but like the way that I would introduce all of these mental health topics to your parents is by kind of relating it to their life. And because you know for a fact that they dealt with it too. So if you introduce the topic by saying like, oh, you know, did you feel this at school when you had to take a really hard test? Or did you feel this at home when you when you live with a abusive partner or like with your kids or like coming to a new country? I think that's a really good introduction to it. Although that is like easier said than done. Sometimes they still don't want to open up. But I think that's like a really nice way to start out the conversation. Because at the end of the day, our lives are so parallel to our parents. Although, like, obviously it's not the same thing, especially if they came from another country. But our universal worries and our universal sadnesses, like, they're so common to other people. So if you try to find, like, the overarching theme or, like, main idea of, like, what it is that you're sad about or what it is that you're anxious about and try to relate your life to them... I think that just provides so much more connection and it shows them that, oh shit, like I went through that too, you know? I think all in all, it's like, we talked about this in our last episode of how important it is to be patient. And I think in in trying to teach your parents something that is foreign to them, it's really important to, you know, just not get upset or not get frustrated mm-hmm. at the fact that they might not understand and just be as patient as possible with them and, you know, bring them, you know, tell them like, oh, today in in school, you know, I learned about this and, you know, I wanted to tell you about it and they'll be, they'll sit down on the sofa and you talk to them about it. And it's like these, these heavy issues that you have to explain to them, it happens little by little. You know, there are so many things that I've showcased to my mother that it, I had to show her hundreds and hundreds of times for her to slowly get it and it's like you know to this day I've I've explained to my mother countless times like what I do in like my job in my company and she still always asks me and when that happened years ago I would always get upset like mom I've told you 40 times already what I do but now it's like this stuff is foreign to her you know like I work in the tech industry it's foreign material for her and I relate this to you know the whole mental health thing isn't like it's it's hard to comprehend foreign material even right. if they've experienced it but 
the most valuable thing to remember is to be patient with them throughout the process and to to just hold their hand and guide them through the path of understanding what this kind of stuff is, you know? Right. I think that is beautiful advice. Even now, I still get impatient and like angry when my parents don't know something or like I feel like I'm repeating myself or it's like common knowledge that I feel like I'm saying over and over. And then, so what you said is a good piece of advice, but also it is easier said than done. I know how hard it is to kind of be patient when things like that are testing you and they're acting, you know, they're acting um, racist or like they're acting like negative, you know? So it's so hard to like be patient with that and actually teach them and learn with them. But at the end of the day, there's so much more progress when there's patience involved and there's actual teaching involved. I think I think it is easier to get you know, just upset. And it's a lot harder. Like, I I totally agree in that saying these things is a lot easier than actually doing these things. But something that I also remember is like, getting upset makes the issue worse, you know, and I think that's what stops me from getting upset and from being more patient. It's not, it's not me remembering that, oh, being patient makes it easier. It's getting angry makes it harder, you know, and I think if you go with things in that mindset, It'll help you out in general. You always got to think about the end goal and not how you feel in the present. Like literally yesterday, I was trying to find parking after looking for, uh. like, <laughs> after looking for like 40 minutes in Queens. And I was like, I was double parked somewhere because I was reversing into that parking spot because I finally found one. And this like yeah. Bengali family, people of my own kind, I was so <laughs> upset. People of my own kind, they literally like go right into the parking spot. And they I like, put, you. I put my head out the window. I was like, hello, like. That's my they, spot. They, they caught you lacking. <laughs> and then they, they felt, they, it seemed like they understood. They were like, oh, look, it's your spot. You know, like I couldn't hear what they were saying. They but they played were like, okay. you. I thought they were moving out. They played But then you. they were like, they put their emergency lights on. They were like shifting, shafting in their spot, <laughs> made it perfect. And I'm like, hell, I'm still here. <laughs> and then they like got out of the car and I didn't want to start yelling because there was a kid with them and like a mom and a dad. They seemed like they just mm. came to the country. Or I, I don't know why I said that, but it seemed like they did. So, like, I was like, all right, they're coming out of the car. Like, maybe they're, like, going to see something really quick and then coming back. They <laughs> really fully quick, left. Like Ten seconds. They fully seconds. left the car. They left. But the car was, like, on emergency. But they had no emergency because they were going really slowly. There was no, like, emergence in their eyes. So I was just waiting there. I was just waiting <laughs> no there for, like... I was waiting there for like 20 minutes. I was like, all right, when they yeah. come back, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. And Mashun was on FaceTime with me. He was like, instead of being angry, like, why don't you just like leave? And I was like, no way. They are going to get something from me today. They're going to learn a mm. lesson. And then eventually they never showed up. So I had to leave. And I actually got a better parking space much closer. There you go. There you go. So what, what I'm saying, the end goal is better be patient. But, um, yeah, best of luck to you. I'm sure that eventually they're going to, you know, be aware of your mental health. And even if they aren't, I'm sure you're going to get that distance from them one day where you're able to take care of your own. All right. Moving on to our next response, fellas. We're off to a good start. (laughs) All right. Um, That was like a 15 minute answer. I know. Goodness gracious. So someone asked how to manage your finances for brown college students without being pressured by brown parents whose income is hard earned and varies from the American average. Yeah. 
this there's I think a lot of guilt with this because I actually found my uncle's diary the other day so I was reading through it you know he he didn't write in it because he was scared someone was going to read it it was for reading purposes in the future and it was from like 1994 and 1997 and this man was literally a full-time college student, I believe, and he was working in taxi, and he wrote every single day in his diary and wrote, oh, I went to work today, I made this much money, I went to college today, and I did all these things today, and it just shows how, like, taxi obviously does not make that much money, and I always think about, because also my dad's a taxi driver, they don't make money like that at all, and it makes me feel sad because there's so many jobs that I can literally work comfortably from home or like work very comfortably at and I'd make so much higher than them and I always feel guilty about that because they're working for like a month straight and they're making half the amount of money that I could have made in like a week you know a lot of kids this generation are are, are dealing with the same thing because they're able to get better jobs than their parents or their grandparents so I definitely get that sentiment. It's really hard to not feel guilty. So, so like, what you were saying, well, not you were saying, what I was saying about the response that we got, I think it is really hard to not provide for your parents when they aren't making that much because you kind of feel like you have an obligation. And um, I definitely think you should as best as you can. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure um, for, for you to do that at, from a young age. But also do your best to save up so you can also provide for yourself. And for me, I didn't start saving up money until I turned 20. And from then on, I've been saving up a lot of my paychecks or money that I get every month and put everything into savings just because you also need financial independence for for yourself on top of you providing for your parents. Although that is easier said than done too. So, so I think it's important to remember like, from from what place that this person is coming from like are you coming from a place where your parents are fully you know like supporting you and like your housing and and your tuition and all that kind of stuff and they're not like trying to get you to pay any bills back at home or are you in a place where you're having to do absolutely everything by yourself because i think story i think that's something that you know you and i deferred on is like i i didn't have the pleasure of my mother paying or like my mom or my dad paying my tuition, paying my car bill, all this kind of stuff. Like I stayed at home, but once, um, once like the pandemic hit and even before that, like I've been paying bills around the house since I was like 18 years old. I've been paying for my own car, my own gas, like my own lifestyle, the leftover tuition that my financial aid couldn't pay. Like I did that all by myself. And I think like, you know, if if you want to get to a place where you want to financially support your parents, I think, you know, there's there's two ways to go about it because I went one way, but another close friend of mine, you know, he comes from a house where his mom just worked at a gas station, worked her ass off, and he didn't really like work a job for all of college. He moved he moved away to another city and his mom fully paid for everything. I mean, he not his tuition, but like all of the like whatever he needed while he was away from college like his mom paid for and I used to always get get upset with him and like yo your mom doesn't make much money I understand you're focusing on school I understand you have very good grades and you're gonna do well but like and I know you're going to support her in the future 
but like why aren't you doing anything right now like and don't tell me that's because you just want to focus on school more because I know plenty of people who get great grades and get money right. and I mean I, I don't mean to you know compare to different people but all in all um you know he's in a he has the job now and now he financially supports his mother so it's cool right but I'm going the way where it's like growing up when I was 19 20 you know I didn't have a savings until I was until last year right like I the the most I saved in my in my account was like 500 bucks like I've seen below $50 way too many times. I think if you just get comfortable with living like below your means. And also if you, you know, you know, we, we didn't get the most amount of information from this question. But if you're in a place where you're just upset with yourself that you're not able to really give money to your parents who don't have the most amount of money at the moment. Um, I totally get that. Right. Like I, I've worked minimum wage jobs wanting to give my mother more than than I could but I couldn't at the time and I I totally get it but like I think it's also important to remember that even though you know you, you hear like rich people say all the time like money money isn't everything and I don't agree with that I think money is almost everything but like I say that to say like your mother cares about other things much more than she cares about money like she if if you are getting great grades, it'll take a lot of the stress and a lot of the ease away from her of not having, you know, the most amount of financial stability. Um, and I say that to say, like, if you aren't in a place where you can give your family the, the amount of money that you wish you could be giving, give them anything else that you can possibly give them, whether it is, you know, your report card, whether it is like, um a a new recipe you found or something that you cooked or something that you learned about you know your religion that your mother praises and just money is very important but also like in in a way money isn't everything and if you're not able to fully give the money yet give everything else that you can possibly give them and keep reminding them that like the money is gonna come one day you know because that's kind of what i did with my mom part of me you know, messed up a lot and we got upset a lot. But for the most part, I was trying to tell her like, mom, I know you don't understand what I'm doing, but it's going to work out and you just have to trust me. And in the meantime, like I'm going to give you as much as I can give you, you know. Right. Um, so, yeah, that that's the family part. When it comes to the financial part, I have very low financial literacy in, in a way like I, I don't. I have a different way of going about money. Like, I understand the importance of saving money. Like, my mom tells me that all the time. Like, don't don't pay late payments. Like, pay everything on time, blah, blah, blah. But also, um, it's, it's okay to live below your means. And it's also okay to spend money on things that you know that you can get a return out of. Like, I'm living in an apartment downtown. I did not have to move out in the first place. But I'm getting the, the reinvestment back internally inside myself but like with paying my monthly rent a lot of people look at it as in why don't you just stay home but I know what I'm getting out of it right so it's okay to live below your means and it's okay to spend money where you know you're going to be getting the right things out of it right I think it's really important in terms of finance uh, managing your finances it's really important to kind of be frugal I'm so frugal with my money I 
barely ever buy food even when I'm hungry, even though that's a pretty yeah. bad piece of advice. It's Don't very do that. bad. Very but bad. I'm saying like if there's food at home, I'm not going to buy it. And if there's like another cheaper option, I'm going to buy that instead, even though I like the beautiful other couch more, you know. But I'm saying be very frugal with your money and also write down every single time your bill comes up in a calendar so you are organized with it and um, you know like how much money you have to be spending every month no matter what and then on top of that you can budget but it's really really important especially if you're young to save up all your money and to not spend in a dumb way because we all did that before and also two more things i think the one most important thing to remember in trying to build your in in trying to build your future is that you know if you're working a part-time job or if you're kind of doing whatever to make money meet as many people as possible talk to as many people as possible because i got to where i was because of the connections that i made through my part-time job my right. my sister got to where she is the exact same way that's how a lot of people make things of their life especially in this new emerging world of you know more more technology jobs and more like customer facing jobs like it's really important to make as many connections as possible and also nowadays with the internet with everything that's popular in the world there are so many ways to make money yeah, like i, I made money a lot of ways growing up when i was a kid but some of them you know did literally like keep me sustained like i was flipping shoes I was flipping clothing, like I was going to Goodwill, getting clothing and selling it online. And that kind of stuff is like very oversaturated now. But all in all, there are so many ways to make money. You just have to not be lazy. You just have to be willing to put in the work. We live in a world where we get so fantasized by overnight sensations. And we forget the fact that 98% of the world get what they have by working every single day. Put in the work. Honestly, like Actually. one last thing before we finish this part of the um, response is the things that you put off to do later are the things you should be doing now. And that's what makes you different from other people. That's one of my biggest things, biggest advices on success and um, making money or just making your passions come to life is literally just do the things you've been pushing off now and stop saying I'll do it later. And um, also... If your parents are sacrificing all of this money and sacrificing their livelihood for you, they would be very happy with, you know, your success in, in school with, like, report cards or what Mashun said. They're happy with those small things, and they know that's, like, their way of knowing that you're going to provide for them in the future. All right, so someone said they moved to a new city and they have no friends and they're lonely, and that gives them no motivation to work on their aims. Yeah, I mean... Obviously, I don't get that. I've lived in Orlando my whole life, but I think I I kind of understand it because that's what my sister did. You know, my sister moved to Atlanta when she was 23, not knowing a single person over there, but she fully moved, got her own a place, started a new job. And, you know, I, I understood from her that, you know, it was really hard to make friends. Pretty much the only friends that she had was were her coworkers. And thank God, you know, her co- her coworkers were cool. And like, I I get it if it was otherwise, because I've had jobs where I'm not cool with a single one of my coworkers outside of work. I'm barely cool with them at work, you know? But I think the closest way that I can resemble to that is, you know, me moving out of my mom's house and me moving into 
um, my own apartment. And, you know, in the beginning, I, I was like really motivated for like, the first week or two. And then like it slowly fizzled out. And I just had to keep reminding myself like, yo, like I have to keep thinking back to like my, my master plan. I have to write it down. I have to paste it everywhere. I need those like every minute reminders because it is really easy to get to to have that fizzled away when you finally get you know what you want and Mm -hmm. you know we haven't we didn't get the most amount of information from this question but I would be assuming that you know it was your it was pretty much your dream to to move to a new city you know again I I don't know the situation but I think for a lot of people who move to new cities it's something that like they really want to do you know they're really excited to start a new life start a new job, get their own place, just start over. You know, I, again, like I'm assuming, but, and it's like, it's, it's really interesting how like you, you finally reach that mountain of, you know, your dream coming true. And now you're kind of like, now what, you know? And then Mm -hmm. like the, like the, the metaphor of like the second mountain and, and trying to understand like how to get that like initial excitement and that initial motivation that you had in the beginning is something that's very difficult for everybody to get, you know? And I think the way that I went about it and the way that I keep myself motivated while, you know, I'm living in my dream apartment, like I'm living in the space that I've been wanting since I was 18. And it gets really hard to remember why I moved here in the first place because I'm here now. But it's like, you just have to try and stay connected to everything from your, your quote main unquote purpose. past your your main papers, papers. your main perp <laughs> your main purpose, but also like your your quote unquote your past life. Like talk to your mom as much as possible. Like right. ask her about her recipes. Like talk to your grandmother. Like talk to old friends. Like keep in touch with like your old city. If if your old city is something that you're still like like if your old city is something that you still admire and like you know you still represent your old city um you know just talk to like your old friends like remember different spots and and just different memories and paste those around your apartment and just try to like surround yourself with as much of that initial purpose as possible because I, I think that's what i do right i well, first, kudos to you for moving to a new city. I, I can only imagine how tough and lonely that can be. But I think one of my biggest mottos right now, because since I'm also in the process of, you know, living on my own in a place that I've never really lived in recently, um, you really have to be uncomfortable to grow. And that can mean being mentally uncomfortable. That can mean financially uncomfortable. But to grow and to really just push yourself beyond the limit, you have to put yourself in those scenarios. And I remember going to college for the first time when I was 18 and I was in the city and I was always accustomed to the suburbs. And I was so left out because I didn't know anyone there. All my friends went to school in the city or upstate. And I literally did not talk to anyone like the whole first two weeks or first three weeks of school and I literally thought I was going mute because no one was talking to me and I would just go to school come back not make eye contact with anyone and it was just very lonely you know and I didn't really think it was gonna make me happy I was literally in the process of transferring out thinking that that was gonna solve my problems 
But that was actually one of the best decisions of my life to go to that school because I am who I am because of, of that and because I stuck through with it. And um, I think it's it's so refreshing to move from the city that you're from because you get to have new beginnings and you get to have new friends that know you for your your current self instead of your past high school self or your past self and it's so refreshing to have that you know they they really just know you for the current you and I think if you try your best to have a positive outlook on things like that it just it's going to make things a little bit easier because it it's it shows you that you can kind of reinvent yourself and you can kind of find people in your niche instead of you know reverting back to your old friends but still like what Mashun said still have your past self with you close and whenever you're feeling down or even when you're feeling happy refer back to that all the time but um yeah I think this is a great opportunity for you to kind of just find your people and find yourself in this uncomfortable situation that was a good one right you like that one it's pretty good I don't know for for two people who don't know anything about that Mm -hmm. okay we did pretty good you guys do you guys like this like should we do this more yeah what if people hate this no i i manifest that they're liking Uh, it a lot right now all right all right so we got one that says my dad didn't let me pursue my dream i finally told him the truth i learned to love what i do so it doesn't look like you're necessarily asking for advice but you know it just made me really happy to to read that and i'm just hoping everything works out very well for you i know it was you know it i kind of had a cheat code in that both my mother and my father already enjoyed the arts even though they were they don't understand the idea of like pursuing it as a career they were already like interested in it in the first place so it was a little bit easier for me to tell them that i want to do it but but all in all like the way that i went about it is that i was practicing them continuously on the side while i was still you know getting my education getting money working an actual job and building those up you know kind of like low-key into and then eventually building something grander that i can show them right like i I wrote the book i I hinted to my mom like a few times i was like mom i'm writing a book she's like what do you mean and i was like oh i'll i'll show you soon then i showed her the book and now she gossips with everybody about it you know so it's like keep pursuing what it is that you like to do show them those tangible goods when you they're finally done and and i'm just hoping everything goes well for you yeah i'm so happy that it worked out for you all right so we're gonna we're gonna end off today's episode with another response we're gonna try our best to keep it short and simple actually this mm-hmm. isn't a short response we'll we'll give us give you guys our best advice so someone said that they're in their most critical years of high school and they they dealt with a lot of depression and pressure because of their parents who are who are basically like tiger parents and it's been really hard to satisfy them because they always point out their weaknesses and basically telling her that she's not good enough and it's taking a taking a really big toll on her mental health and especially her relationship with her parents so she's asking how do you deal with mental health along with dealing with high school ex- expectations or just dealing with tiger parents in general you want to define what tiger parents are i, I don't know what tiger parents are <laughs> what the hell what, what is that well, actually let me do a quick search i know what it is but i want to find like the actual definition 
if you guys don't know, tiger parents are kind of like helicopter parents where they're kind of always on their children's backs because they always want to ensure their children's success, but it's kind of really, really obsessive over it, right? So I can completely relate to this. I think a lot of South Asian people can because usually their parents are really adamant on their children's success and their grades and all of that. And I remember how much pressure there was in high school when I wasn't doing good in in math and science, whereas my brother was. And I literally felt like a disappointment because I was more into the arts and social studies and English. And I just felt like I wasn't good enough. So I, I completely understand where you're coming from. And it's so hard to get out of. I think from my perspective, I I relate with that heavily because, you know, apart from you, like, yeah, you, you studied the arts, but you also did really well in school. I did absolutely horrific in school. And, you know, <laughs> like, because like <laughs> I, I did. It was bad. I did absolutely horrific in <laughs> I did. I did despicable in school. Right. right. And like. My mom still makes fun of me, makes fun of me for it today. But like at the time, you know, it it was very serious matter, and my mother was always very upset with me. There were always arguments. Like there were, like I'm not gonna go in depth, but you know, I I get it, right? I get your parents just just downing you and just not being proud of you. And I think again, going back to what I said in the beginning, I'm not an expert. And what I say is literally what worked for me. But what worked for me is that I guess I just had the ability to tune out everything that they said, right? And on on top of that, I knew that I wasn't doing well in school. So I just like looked at myself and thought like, okay, I can't make them proud by grades. I got to make them proud by doing something else, right? Mm -hmm. So what I did was I got... A job at Michael Kors when I was 18. My mom loves Michael Kors. I was buying my mom, like, my checks were like $300, and I would spend $150 to buy my mom um, a Michael Kors bag. I'll spend the other $150 on, like, my car bill and not have any money for two weeks, right? Like, that's my, that was my life when I was 18. I got a job at the Barnes & Noble right in front of my house, which both my mother and my father loved that Barnes & Noble, and they got so happy when I started working there. And then after that, I worked at, like, a nicer coffee shop that was in, like, a, a really nice building, and, like, it was very, like, photogenic. Then after that, I got, like, my marketing internships. And basically mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say is, like, if if they're not get if they're not being proud of you by the way that you're trying to make them proud in try a different way you know but i feel like that's that also shows how this creates our overachievement in us because mm-hmm. overachievement over overachievement overachievement but i get it yeah it like makes us want to overachieve because i'm still like that you know i always feel like i have, a, I have to overcompensate for my failures in high school and Unlike Mishnoon, you know, me and him are similar, but not that similar. I actually was not able to tune it out. So if you also are on the same boat that I was in, I internalized that shit so much. So like all my my parents saying all that negative, discouraging shit to me, that really got to me. And I really, truly felt like a failure for years. And um, it really like hurts your ego because it you kind of internalize it so much to the point where you feel like you can't do anything to make them proud. You feel like you can't get out of that that headspace that you're in and you feel like you're always going to be a failure. 
So it took me a lot of years to actually prove myself. I think I got it. I was in college when I realized that I have to get my sh- shit together and I have to get myself out of this rut and kind of just prove to them and to myself that I can do it. It was more a test to myself. And I did do it. And I know in that time in your life, especially in high school, you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You don't see any hope. But I was like thinking about it today. I was eating McDonald's, right? Because I was really craving it. And I was eating my medium fries. I was eating my fish right. filet. And right. I was like, oh, shit, I'm done what with my sauce? fries. No sauce. No sauce with the fries. No sauce. I don't like the sauce. So I was eating the fries. I was like, oh, shit, like I'm done. I wasn't, I wasn't looking forward to being done. But then I reached into my bag, and you know when you reach into your bag, you see another fry. There's one that's more. Yeah. I was so happy. But that's right. what I'm saying. Like, that's the light at the end of the t- tunnel. Like, you thought you were done. You thought high school was the end of it. Like, you think that you're not going to get out of it anymore. But one day, you're going to see that one glimmer of hope, like that French fry. You're going to yeah. see that one glimmer of hope, and you're going to want to actually prove to yourself that you can do it. And I honestly don't really have too much advice for tiger parents, especially at that age they kind of walk all over you and you don't really have like the the voice to speak up without you know making them angrier so i don't have anything to say but i know as time goes on as you're older and they get older they start realizing like oh shit my kid has more talents beyond just school they understand you as more than just a high school student they see you as a person hopefully and yeah, you kind of just have to prove yourself, honestly. But it really does get better. Like, I was in the same on the same boat as you. I think the most important part to remember about this question is that this girl is a senior in high school, right? When I was a senior in high school, I was a I was a dickhead. I was I was like the polar opposite of who I am today. And it's you know, I'm sure that if if you're listening, I'm sure you hear all the time that you don't know shit at 17. Like, you're still a kid, you know, and and you get upset with that because you've already been through 17 years of whatever it is that you've been through. And I totally get that because when I was 17, I hated when people called me young and said I didn't know anything because I was 17 when I went through so much shit. But it's just, it's so, like, it's so valuable to remember that, like, the jump from 17 to 18 is so big right and then the jump from 18 to 19 is twice as big and then jump from 19 to 20 is three times as big and that trend continues you know when i was 18 i looked back when i was 17 and was like damn i was a dickhead and then when i was 19 and i I looked back when i was 18 i was like damn i was really so dumb and then like that just (laughs) continues like that trend continues so like I say that to say like you're what you're going through now and growing and like I want to tie that into like your parents in that your parents are probably not taking you serious now because they still see you as a kid right, right. so for your parents to take you more serious you have to show them that you're not a kid and whether that means you know going back to the overachieving whether that means working a part-time job while you're getting straight A's while you're doing this and that and you're joining clubs and you're doing whatever you know you have to show them that you are not a kid and that is going to have them take you more serious because that's what I did. I started paying for my own bills. I started paying for my mom's bills. I was working two, three jobs at the same time. I I was going to school and I was, you know, I showed her that I was still passionate about other things. Like I was still really into clothing. Like I was making money outside of my jobs. I did so much to show that, show my mother. And like, apart from that, like I had conversations with her. I was like, Hey mom, I learned about 
what I learned about the, the stock market today. You know, I learned mm-hmm. about credit today. Like you have to show them that you're growing and then they're going to right. reciprocally grow with you. Like actually do big girl shit. But also on top of that, there's this website that I use every few months. It's called futureme.org, I believe, where you can write a letter to your future self and it gets emailed to your email whenever you want it, usually like a year later or five years later even or a month later. And it's so crazy to read back on all of the letters that I sent sent to myself. Or you can obviously just write a physical letter and just read that the following year. And you grow so much. Or even just journaling or writing in a diary. You read back on your entries and you see how much your life has changed. And you think about, oh shit, like a moment in my life where I thought things wouldn't get better. A moment when I felt really depressed or sad. It doesn't even feel like anything now. But obviously still record those moments and put your thoughts onto paper to get it out and have that therapeutic escape. But it's crazy looking back on it. Like high school, you're such a baby. I know you feel like you're on top of the world and you feel like you're the oldest you're going to ever be. You're the youngest you're going to ever be, whatever it is. But it's really such a small portion of your lives and things get so much better when you're older and you discover yourself and you find that journey. You know? I'm sorry. They're, like, do you hear these cars? Yeah. What was that? What the hell is that? <laughs> it sounds like a freaking torpedo. <laughs> torpedo. <laughs> I know you love those those future letters. Mm-hmm. I need I need to get on those. We we should all do a a podcast listener activity where we all write <laughs> future l- future letter letters letters. <laughs> letters letters on um on December 31st. We all write a future letter and we Aww, start a, so a, a, a we start a group me and we all update each other. That'd be so sweet. We'll do that. Um, I hope you guys liked our uh, what is this called? Advice session. <laughs> it was your idea. Advice session. I hope yeah, I hope you guys it. enjoyed it. Um, we just like spitting spitting facts and advice from our mouths. So we like <laughs> hearing our voices sometimes. All right, ten, we missed a 10 second advice last episode we, so even though this oh, whole episode really? yeah we did <sighs> so even though this episode is all about advice let's 10 second advice i'll go first i don't know why i said that i don't have anything <laughs> i got something right i think this is something that like i remember and i'm not sure if like everybody would resonate with this but um friends are cool but like friends aren't everything right you are fully capable of being a self-sufficient, independent individual without the need of, like, third-party people. Like, right. I believe that you need your family. Like, right, and if you are if you don't have a good relationship with your family, I totally get that. But all in all, like, you need those people that are just really close to you, those close-knit people. And, you know, if you need, if you feel the need to speak to other people if you just miss like that that presence i just kind of look within right like i'll spend some more time with myself like i'll just sit and i'll meditate and i'll just do things by myself and it's so much more fulfilling than being with people you know it's crazy that you say that because i was literally driving today and i was thinking about like why i had relationships with people that did no benefit for me like why did i do that at such a young age and I was thinking, like, was it because I was lonely? But no, I think it's more because, like, I didn't have a sense of self. So I kind of depended on someone else to help me with that and, like, be yeah. the other, my right-hand man, you know? Yeah. 
But then I realized that like I need to discover myself and figure out who I am before I pour all of my my liquids into someone else's cup. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, don't go yeah. for someone else in a relationship if you don't know yourself first. Yeah. Don't chase nobody that don't chase you. you chase know? the bag. Chase the bag. Feel me? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, thank you guys for listening to our advice session on our podcast, Difficultish. If you guys aren't following us on Instagram, Difficultish. If you guys haven't downloaded our podcast on Spotify, it's difficultish. If you guys haven't rated us and reviewed us on Apple Podcasts, please review us. The comments are so sweet sometimes. All you have to do yeah. is scroll down and just write a review. I recently looked up that if you search Bangladesh on Spotify, if you search up the the country name Bangladesh on Spotify and press podcast, we're at the very top. Number one. Right. And if you want to follow us on our journeys, we're Labyrinth Ave and Mushroom Munir on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And we got a lot to update you guys on in the next few months. You're not ready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for listening to our podcast. And uh, we love you. We love you. Bye, guys. <laughs>